Welcome back ladies and gentlemen to yet another podcast episode of Insights by Outside X. The one-stop shop podcast for everything to know about the first IPM batch at Dom's Dancer. Now today we have yet another premier faculty episode today with Professor Praveen with us. To give you a bit brief about him, he's a chartered accountant and has over 13 years of experience in the field of financial modeling as well as in investment banking. Now his areas of interest are accounting for managers and finance management as well. He's been teaching the MBA batch and has been one of the founding members of the entrepreneurship cell as well here. We want to welcome to the podcast sir. Thank you. Um so to ask you a little bit you know in depth about uh, your experience with Doms and you know the whole procedure of setting up the e cell and also having the placement inter- and also the IPM interviews coming in as well we want to get your experience with everything right now so to start off with our you know the most fundamental questions that we had uh that what has been the best answer up till now that you've heard for why Doms in your interviews Well, uh, so it's an interesting question. I mean, to start off, um, let me just congratulate you for being such a, a wonderful host. Uh, it's been a while that somebody has given a heaped praise on me. Uh, <laughs> so, um, a very interesting answer as to why Doms is it has the best lakeside view. I'm not really sure. <laughs> um, so, uh, probably we are way too close, and uh, we're really not appreciating the nature enough. But um, this. student from um delhi thought that we had the best lake uh, lakeside view and um, it's probably going to be a fun 5 years so beside that so, right? so th- i thought that was interesting right sir i mean uh, the whole portion of you know even the interviews for us as a first yes. uh, you know batch was very nerve wracking yeah now i remember uh, during my experiences when i was just scrolling through you know the doms facebook pages the instagram pages uh, i make i came across one of your posts uh, where just after your interviews had been done with you you being the interview panel uh, you had walked out right in front of this building and you had you know talked about how a um, couple of interviews with you had been extremely invigorating and extremely unique yes. and i remember that to be my first experience you know uh, with you as well although you were not in my panel that i ended up interviewing for uh, that really kind of ignited my interest for doms itself right um i mean to actually even reflect on the the entire interview process um so you're not interviewing somebody who is experienced so right. you don't have the typical questions that you reach out for an mba right um at the same time you're not interviewing for a regular run on the mill program mm-hmm. you need somebody who is smart and who is definitely capable to be a part of the program and how do you judge that um definitely not on scores and so one surprising i wouldn't say surprising obviously um because the post covid results have been that uh, the average scores that we have looked at or i have looked at um in my interview panel was about 95% and it was going all the way up to 98 99 and 100 and 10 10 12 so at one level i was particularly pleased that nobody's below 95 um i was also wondering ki who is evaluating them so so it was <laughs> it was interesting um uh, so but yeah the the pedigree is very difficult to judge because as an institution or as an interviewer obviously it is your responsibility to get the best person in and probably that draws to a reference that it is definitely nerve wracking right um you would be exhausted thinking the did we evaluate properly so the next 5 years of this program is dependent on our evaluation right yeah. uh 
I think I, I remember, you know, uh, Pinaki sir talking to us about the whole process. It was completely online though, the yes. initiation ceremony. It was, I think, in the boardroom in itself, which is quite decent to the one we're shooting in right now. Uh, but I also distinctly remember when we came offline, uh, you had come to the class once to, you know, talk about uh, the entrepreneurship cell and, you know, uh, getting us to, you know, know about it more and you get us interested in it. Uh, I couldn't help but think uh, the fact that we are in the final trimester of our first year that you would have also been, you know, start right. been thinking about your first impressions of the batch. Right. So, could you shed some more light on the... Well, I would really love to, but um, as such, I don't really have a very good interaction with the first years. Right. Um, I take the electives, so it's more from third year onwards. But the general first impression which I got um, from the students and from the faculty feedback that we get to hear is very, very good. It's, it's almost like... Uh, the intent is palpable. So in, I'm, I'm quoting uh, a professor on this. The intent that the students are displaying in class is palpable. So it's making us work extra hard, which I think was a compliment uh, to the batch. So the first years, at least in the first two to three terms, um, have been spectacular. Um, it's just that we want to ensure that the NTU doesn't train off right. as the time progresses. It's a fairly long program. Um, so yes. Student feedback was spectacular, and partly based on that, um, we are uh, scaling up the e-cell activities, the right. entrepreneurship cell. Right. So you, you, in, in your interaction, you talked about um, we're doing a lot of things in finance. So of course, I'm a finance faculty. Hmm. Uh, but what I'm really interested in is, can we really have a second track in your mind? Hmm. Um, instead of just playing onto the academics or the, the, or the record that takes you to grades, can we have a second track in your mind, which allows you to think right. beyond the class, beyond the uh, curriculum. And entrepreneurship, I feel, is a very good way of doing that, mm -hmm. particularly because it not only works towards synchronizing your subjects, it not only talks about mm -hmm. bringing functional areas together, it also talks about creating value. Right? At the end of the day, everything that we do should translate into value. And right. where and how. Identifying that probably is crucial right. because most stats say that 99% of people are very comfortable doing a job, mm. working for salary mm. at the end of the month, right? Mm. Now, this is a statistic and statistics typically don't lie. That means we are used to a mindset where we are either scared or not sure, right? right. So this mindset, I think, is problematic because right. for a generation um, which is practically um, on crossroads. Everything that we know as it is is going to change in the next five years. Right. And this is not a generation which should work on traditional run-on-the-mill model. Right. So entrepreneurship, there are definitions, there are hundreds of definitions obviously, but the one that I see makes a lot of sense is, can we talk about creating a value hmm. through taking an acceptable risk? Right. right? Of course, the other extreme is where we talk about startups, where the risks are probably a little insane, risk-reward is a little high, uh, but not everybody is built or cut out for that sort of a risk appetite. So, a via media where you need not work, um, so as in an employee mindset, where you can probably work towards creating value, um, and not just at a scale, which is probably global or pan-Indian, right? Um, so, e-cell for us, or DOMS, 
is about social entrepreneurship. The whole idea of social entrepreneurship is definitely not social service and neither is it about NGO. Hmm. So the way we want to position or portray e-cell activity is can we look at problems a little differently? Can we look at solutions which are not for today, maybe for tomorrow as well and maybe for sustainable future? So a whole concept of your innovation, sustainability should become a central theme rather than an add-on in a report, right? So entrepreneurship for profit is a very passe, it's an 80s model. Entrepreneurship for economic value is probably the 2000 model where um, if you can figure out a way to generate delta, the value add, you're very comfortable. And that's where businesses were thriving, you know, so for about 20, 25 years. But now we are talking about responsible investing, um, committing to the societal values a bit more, bringing them onto the center stage. So all this requires a slight change in approach. Right. But you're talking from a risk-reward perspective. In fact, you're adjusting the entire perspective hmm. of business now. To be able to do that, we should start understanding the nuances a bit more. Hmm. And that, I think, should be ingrained. It should be a part of how we are approaching a curriculum as well. So we want to see if entrepreneurship can be mainstream and can ESL play that role at DOMS is, is, is the positioning that we have at DOMS. Industry Relations and Interactions Committee, um, it's not as a, it's, it's not envisioned as an extension of a placements committee. So there is a full-fledged training and placements committee at DOMS which takes care of your um, internships and placements of course. Right. But IREC is meant to add a layer where students can interact with industry members without the pressure of trying to impress them for internships hmm. or placements. Hmm. So the whole idea is can you create an environment where, I'll give you an example. Let's say there is a, uh, there's a founder, there's a promoter who is doing exceptionally well at entrepreneurship. In a sense, he lets his employees start his own companies. Right, right. Um, we know somebody, in fact one of our guests, is going to um, do that. So there are five employees, five startups incubated in his company in the last two years. Right. So in this talk, there is nothing that talks about or that has a relevance towards training and placements directly, but can you get that insight into how a promoter is thinking here? Right. Right. And the other important outcome of a IREC is can you showcase your work to a industry body without the pressure, right? Mm. So how do you actually, and one more example probably uh, is you would, you would in your, uh, in your uh, learning work on data visualization, data presentation, programming, programs. So at some point, if you were to build something, if you were to do a prototype, one way of presenting is to present en masse, right. portray to a community at large, right. make a LinkedIn or a video uh, on YouTube. The other is if you have a very good pool of, a curated pool of industry personnel hmm. or industry leaders to whom you can engage with, yeah. why not take that forward? Why not make it a part of your um, career path? Right. right? So IREC's role is predominantly to create that layer where you can interact with a curated set of industry leaders. Right. The quid pro quo, of course, for them is they are also getting to engage with bright minds and you never know where it might lead. It might actually lead to a placements discussion as well, but that is not the objective.
Right. So the whole focus is on building an environment of learning to build a curated list of people where you can actually engage with without without the pressure. Right. Right. And slightly outside the classroom environment in a slightly more informal uh, setup, uh, the value add is phenomenal. If you just sit with founders, mm. if you just sit with startup um, without the suits on, startup promoters, you will really enjoy talking to them. Right. And that probably is one of the biggest takeaway that we are envisioning under IREC. Right. Um, and uh, till now, the activity that has happened, the response has been phenomenal. Right. Because I do remember uh, there was a whole bustle in the boys hostel as well coming on kit. We have a talk tomorrow morning, right. <laughs> 9 a.m. Everybody log in. <laughs> yeah. So yeah. yeah. So we we are hoping um, to move it um, offline and see if we can do more firesides and uh, right. an informal setup chats instead of a very formal model. Um, that probably helps open up a few more avenues of thought process. Right. Right. So, but yeah. So better luck to the team, and they'll probably do it sooner than later. Right, so, so as it, like uh, as of the understanding up till now that we've had like DOMS as an organization, we can have IREC as a blanket cover over it that can help out with the reaching out for other other potential industry leaders, yes. other scholars that can you know uh, not only market DOMS in a better position but also get the students of DOMS to you know interact with people that can add value to their lives. Right. So um, as I said, predominantly IREC is looked at as a cushion where you can learn without the pressure. Right. And not necessarily in a classroom environment. Right. So it's about creating those thought processes or safe places where you can think, you can perform and um, there's no pressure of time hmm. and then you're basically working to enrich yourself. Right. So that's the only motto there. And in the process, if it benefits DOMS, that's that's ancillary. So that's for DOMS to be portrayed in the media, there are other places, hmm. but IREC is a very student-centric model, very student-centric body. Right. Right. We wanted to, uh, you know, inquire a bit more in this in this whole area of social entrepreneurship, student engagement, industry yes. readiness. Because even in this case, we are now building slowly a community of learners that over the course of five years will have built the relevant skills, the soft skills, you know, the the, the technical skills as well, right. to essentially not only add value to organizations that they go, but also the organizations that they found themselves Correct. or they create themselves. Uh, so in 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 line with your uh, you know aims about the ESL, about IREC, and about Domson general, what do you feel is the future of the IPM batch coming in there? Well, uh, for starters, um, IPM's batch students, future is definitely bright and I'm not saying that as a DOMS person. Um, if you are in a group of superlative co-learners, if right. you are in a group of high-performing individuals, the community effect is bound to rub off. Right. And this is a community where not only the IPM students, but you have the students of law and the students of management as well, of course, the MBA. Um, there is enough room to perform better. Right. Performance is definitely rewarded. And when you're talking about a reward, why be it a job opportunity? Why not it be a career as a, an entrepreneur or a startup founder? Right? So all the avenues open up, provided that we we continue on the, the, the path that um, we are right now set. So yes, I really don't have a doubt on where the IBM uh, batch are going to lead to. Uh, one definite one definite outcome is higher. That is that's where I'm standing right now because we're still three years three years away uh, from being really in the market. So 
yes, the program and the value add that is being created, I only see one way forward. And that's definitely higher. Right, sir. Because um, even now as we are, you know, having more students coming in, a 60 strong batch coming right. in again as the first right. years, right. we now see, you know, more people eager to learn, you know, more people who will be, you know, as good as us or even better in a lot of these cases. Uh, that will be, you know, not only our competitors, but also co-learners in this case, yes. where we can enrich our whole experience of being a dumps together. Yeah, so um, an interesting line of thought um, as to how do you, how do you see a person, so the, the, the peer learning experience, so where do you draw a line of competition and where do you really draw a line of co-learning environment? Right, right. Um, if you just take the, if you just take exams away as a central portion, you will, your perspective towards the bad changes significantly. Um, I mean, this is one of my learnings that being competitive is a very, um, at least in the academics, has a very short-term benefit. Hmm. So you won't, you won't necessarily build a network which will help you learn better. So competitive, absolutely yes. Competitive for the sake of exams, probably no. You would, you would want to um, discard that part. Right. Uh, Co-learning environment, power groups, focus groups are absolutely in, and that's probably the best way to learn. Interest areas are evolve much better that way. And yes, that's about it. Right, so because even the portion of co-learning, uh, we see primarily before the interns that come in. <laughs> yeah, 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 yeah. Because <laughs> so, so that's that's counterintuitive actually. Right. Sir. Yeah. Because uh, we have the library filling up <laughs> after yeah, 12 yeah. a.m. and there is everybody sitting in like this mass formula. I have no idea about yes. why don't you teach it. So the whole 60 strong batch is in one floor that's completely occupied, and we are <laughs> yes. kind of trying to figure out how to go forward. Uh, I do it. actually um, see when the discussion rooms are full. Um, I it does bring back memories of how we were preparing for our uh, CA finals. Right. Um, the idea is you can't be good at all the subjects. You're only right. good at one or two or three subjects. So the dependence, the codependence, it's, it's almost uh, parasitic. In a sense. Right. <laughs> so if you are good at MAFA, then you're probably teaching about 30, 40 people one day before the exam. Right. If somebody's good in accounting, you're sitting among those 40. <laughs> So it, it works and I, I'm, I'm pretty sure that's how uh, the model is working and is sustainable as well. About the new batch by the way, so since we've talk, talked about the IPM2, the second year, the first year students, uh, I think this is going to be a batch that will only add to your strengths. So some of the students that we have interviewed are really good, they've demonstrated even at uh, a very short interview time of 10 to 12 minutes, they've demonstrated that they don't know what they're talking about. And uh, I'm surprised at the levels of maturity that you people have. So in general, uh, fairly fearless, fearless, and at, at a point, so you don't really mind going wrong, which is, um, for a lot of us, it was a very hard learning curve. You know? So it's just a grueling um, effort to at least be presenting. Right. Right. Forget about actually making mistakes. Uh, right. I think one advantage that you people have is an absolute lack of fear and the fact that everybody has an intent. Everybody is curious about what they should do and uh, remarkable clarity. Remarkable clarity. So I am expecting great things again from the We have been 
hearing stories up to now about the interview sessions that have come in. A yeah. couple of people giving out, you know, one of the most unique answers that they have heard. Yeah. yeah. So, uh, in your experience, uh, apart from the apart from the lake siding <laughs> interview that yes. came out, what has one of been one of your most unique experiences with the interviews that have come? In? Right. So, uh, for starters, as I said, so I was really stunned by the amount of uh, clarity right. that they have um, at a plus two level with regard to what they really want to do after five years. There were very right. specific answers right. um, that came in. Uh, one takeaway, I'm not really sure if it qualifies, but one takeaway is that information is a commodity, so nobody is, there's no right answer. Right. Um, people are not really worried about giving mm. right answers, mm. but the stress is a lot more in the thought process, mm. which I find very interesting. So as to an approach to an answer is what is probably everybody's working towards. Hmm. Um, that I think is a takeaway for me. Right. I do remember even in my interview, I think uh, there was a question that there were a lot of GK questions. There was a lot of math questions that also came in. And I don't think I answered even one in a numeric fashion. Right. I already, already always showed them my thought process right. and the interviewers just said, sure, that, yeah. that, that could yeah. work. <laughs> no, so, um, of course, uh, that's an area, as I said, information is a commodity, so nobody right. remembers anything anymore. Right. So, as long as I can search for it, I don't need to remember it. Right. Um, so, most of the GK questions were unanswered, even mm. by this batch, candidate admission. Um, it's just that it doesn't matter. Even mm. after giving five or six wrong answers, simultaneously, continuously. The next question, if they know it, with the confidence and with the clarity that was required, it was presented. So that I thought was very surprising. I mean, ability to be modular, to be able to let go of what you did not do well, I think mm. that was fantastic. Right, so even because in my in my experience, this is the batch that we came in, uh, there was a lot of stress that happens before you click, yeah. you know, the join yeah. meeting yeah. that yeah. comes yeah. in. <laughs> because a lot of people that I remember, uh, ended up joining the meeting and staying in the room for 30-45 yeah. minutes yes. and when they finally were let in they were having something. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So <laughs> there are a lot of mishaps that happened with our right. interviews as well. Right. So it, that was um, a necessary evil actually. <laughs> right, so, so with this we wrap yet another episode from our premier faculty episodes. We have talked about the grit and resilience it takes for, to conduct an interview, to be a part of a process that has fundamentally going to evaluate your thought processes, the way you speak, the confidence you portray, and the clarity that you show in your track of thoughts. We've also gone into the entrepreneurship cell, the I committee, as well as the whole area of where we see DOMS in the next couple of years. Uh, I, again, I wanted to thank you for being here, sir. Uh, this would essentially be one of the most, you know, intellectually, you know, heavy episodes that we have done until now for the aspirants also that are going to be coming in. Thank you. For this, uh, we will be wrapping up the episode. Thank you so much for watching. This is your host, Aish Nigam, signing off. Mm -hmm.